Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world, where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I'm Jenna Steber, and I play Maribeth Tinbarrel, an animal-armed shifter druid stuck between dwarf and beast. And I am joined by... Andrew Hansen, playing Tommy Emberize, a dark and smoldering Ifrit Shadow Slayer, hunting his targets in darkness. Caitlin Stadahar, playing Toots Capellini. Y'all, I'm a gnome fighter, striking the bullseye with my crossbow, and striking it rich with my inventions. And I'm Paul Lukemeyer, and I play Tetra, a Florian aromophile, looking for a place to put down her roots. And we're of course led today, and for the rest of all time, by our patient GM and world builder, Justin Green. Justin, how are you? I'm great. I'm celebrating that our little baby podcast is one years old. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. They grow up so fast. That's my baby podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded Mm -hmm. a lot like just a baby. Yeah, I I take that back because I don't like actual babies and I like our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, God, we're we're one years old now. Congratulations, everyone, for making it through that that first year. I genuinely don't know a single thing about baby development. I was like, I'll make a joke about (laughs) that we can like teeth or something now. Yeah, I don't don't know what a baby does when it's one year old. One years. That's not even right. It's one year. There's only one year in a year. Can we eat honey yet? (laughs) I'm going to look up when babies can eat honey. No, I don't think so. I don't quite remember the fact, so I'm probably going to say it wrong. But I went to a baby shower a year or two ago. We played Baby Jeopardy. And I learned that babies don't have kneecaps until they're a certain age. So you should also confirm whether our podcast has kneecaps or not. (laughs) Kneecaps are Patreon exclusive. (laughs) Uh, The internet says you should not give honey to a baby under one years old. So we can officially have honey. honey. Yay. So we pick up today uh, in the basement base of the Immortals Guild, 70 years prior to the events of our podcast proper, uh, and it's the fourth year of the Great War. Johnny Brightchild is here, undercover as Tommy Ember Eyes, claiming that he is trying to prevent the war from escalating by the erosions getting their hands on a demigod. It's tough to say who to believe, 
uh, we can't read Johnny's mind because he is carrying a ring that stops that from happening. <laughs> and I tried. And while that's happening, Maribeth is going to idle her way towards the door where Areed has disappeared into and try to listen at it to see if she can hear anything. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's honestly what I wanted to do, but... Well, too late. Too late. You're getting PVP'd. More than one person can lean on a door. <laughs> Just might fall open. Uh, and they should, because I only rolled a 17. So you guys uh, walk over to the door. You are not alone in this room. And while a lot of the guild members are busy at work, two of them are watching you with interest as you stand at this door listening. One of them is like this dashingly handsome elf who's wearing like a loud purple blazer and a teal cravat that matches his pocket square. And he's got like brown (laughs) slicked back hair. Fucking elves. He doesn't acknowledge any of you. He doesn't move. Uh, he kind of has an above-it-all air, and he's just, like, eating dinner. But he's just watching you. Hmm. On the other side of the room is, like, this impatient half-elf woman, and she's got, like, blonde ringlets and a really sour expression. She is wearing an inexpensive dress and an apron, and she looks more suspicious of you. And you see, after a moment, she gets up and walks off to a different corner of the room, probably to say something to somebody. Ha! You do hear inside Aridus and this woman speaking in hushed tones. They seem to be discussing the location of the crown within the palace. Mm. How many floors it is, like how would they get in and out. Heist stuff. Okay. Yeah. Heist business. Hmm. You turn around as you hear somebody speaking, a man's voice. He says, a chimera. Fascinating. And you see this (laughs) human male. He's in like his 60s with receding gray hair. He's in a a wheelchair and he's wheeled over to you by the sour faced woman. He doesn't seem to be concerned at all that you were spying or anything like that. He's just looking at your snake body. (laughs) How did you decide which animal aspect to embody? Oh, um, decision is the wrong word. Boy, when you walked over here and said Chimera, I thought you were going to bully me, so I really wasn't prepared Aww. for this. It's it's not, one would argue or describe it as not under my control even a little bit. Um, so choices, I, you know, every morning I wake up and it's it's a new day for me and my body. He goes, interesting, a natural unconscious adaptability. <laughs> yeah, it's... Definitely cool and not something that I at all struggle with. Do you know more about this? You see him like pull himself into a standing position from the chair. Uh, he's obviously in a lot of pain uh, as he does it. If you're sticking around Olvidel, I'd love to take a closer look. I, I would pay you well for your time, of course. Get a probe, you! Don't do it! No. <laughs> Justin, my detect desire spell lasts a minute per level. Uh, can I use it on this guy to see if he's a complete pervert? Yeah, absolutely. You recognize that he is debilitated by this disease which has ravaged his body in addition to just being a human uh with a short lifespan anyway and he is desperate to find a way to live forever to become immortal Mm -hmm. and he has turned to uh, weird science to accomplish that (laughs) and seeing uh, mary beth has uh gotten him a little excited not in a pervert way (laughs) 
<laughs> in a scientific discovery kind of way. Maribeth is desperate for a solution, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> She's not going to sense motive on him. Uh, if she thinks <laughs> he might be able to do some positive weird science or weird magic, then she's into it. I mean, we're going to be here helping Aretas for a while, so if, if you think you can help, yeah. The woman helps the old man uh, sit back down, but not in the wheelchair, in this strange chair in the back of the room. As he speaks to you, you can see her uh, removing some of the tubes that are connected to this chair, and Uh she removes a cat from it, revealing like a needle point, which she then like plunges into this man's Mm -hmm. arm. She does this with like several (laughs) more tubes before she activates the device. He he's open. He says out loud the things that Tetra had picked up. He says, you know, I've been afflicted with this condition since I was a young boy. It affects my nervous system and weakens my muscles. I don't want you to feel like I'm using you, but I do want to find something that is perhaps mutually beneficial for the both of us. I've tried many things to, to overcome this. And you see, as he's talking, the tubes are filled with a strange blue liquid, mm. which pumps from the chair into Aerith's body. Johnny, in the present, remembering this, and for the podcast listeners, it is the same blue liquid that the time spiders are made of. Yes, blue raspberry flavored. That's pumping out of him or into him? It's pumping from the back of the chair into him. Okay. Wow, that's fucked up, though. Because <sighs> that implies that he has like some sort of time spider farm. Where he's getting all this juice from. Or something. Because it seems like a pretty regular thing he's doing to his bod. Yeah, maybe he smoothies the time spiders with future toots. <laughs> I think that time spider juice is an excellent addition <laughs> to any smoothie. <laughs> the Tootsie Bullet smoothie maker can blend even the, the stickiest substances into a, a pleasant texture. <laughs> You see that the the handsome elf uh, who's eating dinner, this gets his attention, uh, and he kind of uh, <laughs> swaggers over to take a look at what you've got. Uh, he still doesn't speak. He kind of just is like looming over your shoulder, toots. He's holding his meal, still eating it. Keep in mind, this is still a prototype. <laughs> so, you know, go go gentle with it. The old man who's hooked up to the chair says, uh, forgive Julian. He's a bit odd. He's he's from Mjolnir. <laughs> you know how they are. <laughs> uh, what, so, what was your name, sir? Uh, he says, oh, my name is Aerolith. It's a pleasure to meet you all. Oh, the pleasure's ours. Tell me, though, does this uh, research you're doing have to do with the Immortals Guild? Oh. Yes, I am but one member of the Immortals Guild. All of us here are trying to uh, go on our own personal quests for immortality. It's oh. probably not surprising that the human in the group has a slightly more literal interpretation of that, but yes, everyone here has the same basic goal. Oh. The handsome man says to you, the best way to extend one's life is through a proper diet, I always say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, I mean, how would an animal shifter help you with that? Animals live short times Aerolith <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh, directs you over to the tank the jellyfish has gotten a bad rap recently 
due to, you know, Ebnir cultists and whatnot, but their hmm. ability to rejuvenate themselves is incredible. Well, Maribeth imagines herself with jellyfish arms, and she shakes her head. She's not into it. <laughs> I like that the snake arms are fine, but jellyfish arms are a no-go. <laughs> no, no, thank you. You know, that's fair. The natural world is full of all sorts of creatures. If You know, we're, we're helping Aretas figure out this whole immortality quest that he's on. But maybe when we're done, we can meet up. Aerith nods. He he reaches out and takes. Oh, he does. I was gonna say he reaches out and takes your hand. Uh, yes. <laughs> he reaches yes. out and he pats the side of you. Awkward no handshake. Yeah. I, you don't know how much I would appreciate that, uh, Mary Beth. I would like that a great deal. Oh, great! <laughs> oh, I'll make it back home to Bombardier eventually. But it seems like this continent still has a little bit here for me. After some time, uh, Aridus and the Pale Woman return, and Aridus speaks to everyone. He says, thank you for being patient. I appreciate your help getting me here to Olvidel, but uh, allow me to ask you for one more task. The item I'm seeking is held deep inside of Olvidel's palace. We've arrived on a fortuitous evening, though, as the Mortals Guild was already planning an excursion inside. The woman in white is eventually introduced to you guys as Lysanthia, although the other guild members just call her Thea. She says, the regent of Olvidel wears a false face. She portrays herself as a champion of knowledge, but in truth, she wants to hoard it for herself. She questions the divinity of the Pantheon, yet she hides away an artifact of Eris, the goddess of knowledge. Couldn't help but notice there weren't any churches in town. Now listen... You might think that I'm judging you when I say it like this, but I'm not. <laughs> Did you just ask us to break into the palace and steal something? <laughs> <laughs> he nods. He says, that artifact has been speaking to me in my dreams. We must liberate it and use its power to help the world. Iris isn't just a goddess of knowledge, but also of beginnings. And that's what Iris all needs right now, a new beginning, putting the war behind us for good. Of course I'll make it worth your time. I'll triple what I'm paying you all. Uh, 30,000 gold. Oh. And you can see he kind of shudders as he says it. Just the thought. <laughs> <laughs> My word. Now, I'm a law-abiding man, and I have no interest in causing trouble. But for 30,000 gold, you can count on me. Just how exactly do you think this artifact will stop the war? In my experience, the end of a war is just as traumatic as the beginning. The problem is that everybody who has become a demigod wants to win the war. I want it to stop. I want peace. Hmm. There are lots of ways to get peace. And this sounds like one of them. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy also gives a thumbs up. 30,000 gold happens to be just what I need for my deposit for my new resort. <laughs> oh, a resort? Okay. I'm glad that someone else is also on board for the money. <laughs> Not for the desire to see a peaceful end to the war. Maribeth is going to ask, so um, what's everybody's heist experience? Tommy Emberize gives a thumbs up. <laughs> 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 oh, does that mean you've had one heist? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Ambrose nods like yeah 
One heist. <laughs> oh, nice. While still giving thumbs up enthusiastically. <laughs> the peaks of Johnny. <laughs> I've never really done anything that I think is like a heist. Uh, one time I stole some candy from a candy shop, but that was really impromptu. I don't think you consider that a heist. And I regretted it. <laughs> Didn't taste as sweet. It never does. Can't believe it was in a picnic basket. I learned a hard candy lesson. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting here trying to decide if Toots has participated in a heist before. Maybe a train heist. Oh, man. Toots is not, he's a little salty, but he's not a bad guy. That's <laughs> Missy, you know, we all know I ain't no Johnny Newcomb. I've been around the block a time or two, but... I don't know that I can ever say that I've participated in a heist before. But you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do to get that red gold. Isn't that right? What is red gold? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Ask Toots, not me. (laughs) This list also says that strawberries means beans, and that doesn't make any sense. So red gold is just as appropriate. (laughs) Texas berries. Red gold is the strawberries, which is the beans. (laughs) It just keeps chaining. I thought that could have been a metaphor for blood, but I was like, that doesn't make sense in context. (laughs) I've only ever done anything on the up and up, Hmm. but I'm always willing to try something new. I know it's unfair, but the voice makes it so hard to believe Tetra. I have a very low opinion of Tetra, and I feel bad about that. Oh, wow. Is it all the mind reading? I don't know. Maybe that yeah. says something about me, that like I'm bothered by a powerful, somewhat female figure. I don't even know. I can't wait to unpack that. <laughs> no, I think the mind reading sus. It, there's a lot that <laughs> Let's move on. Whoa. Let's move on. Oh, man. Thea takes out, she has a map of Olvidel Palace, which she kind of unrolls on a large table, and she starts explaining their plan to you guys. As she talks, she kind of writes notes on this map, directing everybody to different places on it. As Aridus mentioned, the guild has been planning to infiltrate the palace for some months now. The regent has stockpiled many divine artifacts that could be used to improve society and extend our lives. She says, we are lucky to have a mole inside the palace walls. And she motions over to the sour-faced woman. Ogavia is one of the region's handmaidens, and she knows her way around, the schedules of the staff. She can also get us access to areas that are normally restricted. She points over to Aerith, the older man in the chair getting the blood treatment. and She says, Aerith is funding the mission. If you need any last-minute supplies, he will make sure that they are purchased for you. Your group arriving is fortuitous. It provides us with many skills that we lacked. Tommy Emberize, the muscle, one to be flexed silently and judiciously. Tetra, the face, most notably the nose on the face, someone who can finesse situations. Toots Capellini, the safecracker, a savant with traps and puzzles. And Maribeth Tinbarrel, well, a distraction if needed. How is she still getting bullied? Bless her. As backup plans go, surprise bear never fails. Oh, that's so true. Oh, that is so true. (laughs) She kind of uh, hands everything over to Ogavia, the blonde woman who steps forward and 
she points to like different locations on the palace map um, with a lot of knowledge as a worker there. She says the palace vault is in the sub basement. There are a variety of physical and magical safeguards waiting for us, but let's focus on making it there first. At 9 p.m. every evening, the regent will ascend the astronomer's spire to stargaze at her telescope. At 9.30, while she's occupied, there's a nightly meeting of the palace guards. For ten minutes, all but three will gather in this room. One will always remain posted at the front entrance, and two will always remain at the regent's side. But there's also a side entrance where deliveries are made at the kitchen. It might sound irresponsible to leave the palace unguarded, but the regent understands that the real threat to intruders is the gargoyle guardians. Uh, Mm. They're indistinguishable from common statues until they come alive. Though I do know for a fact there are four guarding this hall, and it's the only direct route to the vault, so preventing anyone who isn't palace staff from entering the basements. God, I love this heist. So my little brain is just going like a hamster on a wheel right now. Oh my god, I'm the map is great. Chewing this up. It's so intricate. I'm so hype. The very last step is the vault door itself. So there's a magical and physical component to it. There are nine arcane orbs that must be attuned to the door in a particular sequence, and then a locking device that requires four separate passcodes. Failing either, a deadly trap will occur. Hmm. Oh, man. Do we have the passcodes? She would think that maybe the guards would have the passcodes. Oh, okay. Mm. Guys, I don't want to say this, but do we need to kidnap some guards? (laughs) Do do we need to kidnap one guard? Maybe. Uh. Well, you try the first one, and if they know the passcode, then you don't have to kidnap anymore, do you? Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, if we could subdue them, we could get the passcodes. Everyone enjoys a little kidnapping. <laughs> well, well, no. Whoa. Tetra, what? Tommy gives a thumbs up at the kidnapping. Like, yeah. Toots <laughs> <laughs> is unbothered by the idea of kidnapping a guard. So oh. we got a lot of elements to deal with here, everybody. We got we got to decide what route we're going to take. We got to figure out how we're going to get into this vault. And we got to figure out how we're going to get out of here at the end. Here's what I would say. The laundry chute seems really out of the way, but <laughs> if we fail at the laundry chute, we can still fight the gargoyles. If we fail at the gargoyles, that's probably it. It is important to travel through some air ducts mm-hmm. in any heist, yeah. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. I have no experience or ability to do anything magical. I can tinker, <laughs> I can shoot, I can mine with my pickaxe. <laughs> But if you were to ask me to go convince these gargoyles through some sort of magical manipulation to let us get past, I tell you right now, I couldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't have a ton of magical skills. A little bit of spellcraft. I've I've got so much magic, but it's mostly about (laughs) animals, so it's not... (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Can we use... Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Let's see, how does Tommy suggest this? <laughs> he's got a notepad. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. He's going he's <laughs> to draw a poor stick figure thing of Meribeth, and then he's going to draw Meribeth summoning a bunch of other animals hmm. as a distraction and, like, throwing them mm. at the guards. 
Uh, <laughs> Maribeth uh, like looks at the image for a long time, and the in my mind, it doesn't look like a stick figure. It looks like almost like you've drawn like a little snake with a person head. Oh, awesome! <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, no, that's me because I don't have arms today. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really summon animals. I just become animals. Mm. Do we know what we would have to do to get the guardians to let us pass? Ogavia says to go to the records room. There is a magic book that keeps a track of all of the employees and input telepathically into the gargoyles. Well, hold on now. Where will all of you be while we're in the palace? Uh. Ogavia is going to be at work and she will let you in to the side door at the kitchen. Mm. Aridus will go with you. Thea will go with you. And Julian will go with you. So, I mean, in theory, Aridus should be able to figure out anything magical in this book, I would think. He's like a super mega mage. Like He might just bleed on it and pass out. <laughs> I was going to say he's been a little disappointing so far, though. <laughs> wow, tell him that. Do any of these people have more diverse magical repertoire than us? Theo tells you, you know, uh, Julian is malleable. Whatever needs done that the rest of us cannot do, he will uh, usually find the necessary ingredients to achieve it. Are you good at sneaking? I can get where I need to go. <laughs> How dodgy. He's the wild card. Interesting. Oh, there's always one. Okay. I think that we should go to the guard meeting because uh, Tetra can probably get them to divulge any passwords they know. I can think of a few ways. The face, or as they say, the nose. Do we want to grab one from the meeting, or do we want to grab the one that's by himself at the front door? Oh. Why not both? Or all, I mean, that's we could just take all the guards. <laughs> well, We're going to have like 40 people in this heist just all going around <laughs> this castle together. <laughs> I think we could start with the first guard, and if he doesn't know... Then ransack the guard meeting. Yeah. You know, let's let's try the easy target first. Here's my pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we split into two groups. One is responsible. <laughs> Listen, it's inevitable. <laughs> Half the team goes and deals with the guard meeting, whether that means finding somebody with a passcode or subduing them all. The other half, which I might just be me and Julian... And we make our way past the gargoyles to the record room to see if we can't find the passcode there and to figure out the book situation. A thing that would help us is some sort of item that would allow us to communicate uh, so that if we find the passcodes or if we need help with the books, we can talk back and forth about that. What we need is walkie-talkies, but I feel like that's not an option. (laughs) Are there not? Magical walkie talkies. <laughs> there definitely are. There are like rings of communication or something. Ooh. There's a 6,000 GP item called Communique Rings. It's spelled weird. I don't know what to tell you. Communique. Communique. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Sounds designer. <laughs> Created in pairs, these simple gold rings allow for short range communication between the wearers. Yeah, I think this might be it. This also sets us up for one of those tense moments where, like, you are following one pair and they whisper into the ring and then you cut to the other and they're trying to keep quiet, but then the ring whispers and gives their location away and it's like, oh, no. (laughs) Classic. That's a classic. It's a heist. We have to have it. Yeah, your financier, Aerolith, is willing to purchase that for you. Oh, dunk. Perfect. Okay. If only Patty were here, someone else financing the shopping. (laughs) 
Now I know we're all mercenaries here, or some of us, and I did say that I like to do things above board, so there's one last thing I'm wondering about. You said it was an awfully convenient coincidence that the four of us showed up after Aridus had a series of divine dreams that guided him exactly to the place where the four of you were planning a heist on this palace. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that before we commit our lives to this. Aridus kind of smiles and he says... Truly, it was divine that I was brought here. You know, Tetra holds up a hand. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> the goddess doesn't want their artifact to stay in this basement where no one can gain her inspiration. She wants someone to get it. Uh, she wants me to get it. That's why she's been sending me these streams. <laughs> so, of course, she would lead me to a group of people that could help us do this. Can I sense motive on anyone else in the room? Yeah, absolutely. I want to know if we are their patsies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a valid concern. Yeah, I want to do the same. You got a 17. The vibe is that we're going to hand the crown over to Aridus, and then he's going to say thank you, and then immediately close the vault door on us, trapping yeah. us inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we turn into skeletons, yeah. <laughs> Also a 17. Dang, I also rolled though. Uh, Maribeth isn't, I don't think, smart enough to roll perception on this one. <laughs> I don't think she well, that's clocks fine. it. Uh, Tetra shrugs and says, well, you can't argue with goddesses. Between the two of you, a 17 is a fair roll. Uh, <laughs> combined with your knowledge of just Aridus's <laughs> desires, you know yeah. that he believes everything that he's saying. Thea also seems particularly confident that this is all a divine plan. You get the vibe from Julian, like he's part of this group, but he's kind of doing his own thing. Hmm. So you don't feel like he's plotting against you, but you also don't really feel like he has any particular attachment to the rest of the group. Oh. Ogavia, you feel, was perhaps leaving out a bit of information when she was talking about the Regent's Tower going up to the observatory. I felt like I didn't trust her because I don't like her face on this token. <laughs> her sour face? She looks <laughs> like a twat. <laughs> wow. wow, can you say that? <laughs> Justin, is this heist occurring within 24 hours? Yes. Uh, I just want to put this down so Justin can't say it in later. I'm going to give Tommy a misdirection and I'm going to give Maribeth a false flanker. Ooh. The way it works is I implant a mesmerist trick, which Tetra does through some kind of vile odor. (laughs) And anytime the conditions are accurate, I can trigger it. It creates an illusion that lets you flank with an enemy. Nice. Okay, that rules. Okay. I don't know if this is something Toots would know, but I'm sure he would be able to find it out. Is the regent like a super powerful being like if we were to have to try to snatch the regent would (laughs) we be capable of doing that like make a knowledge local funny or like a knowledge nobility would probably work too okay i mean there's a reason we're doing this as a heist probably a couple of reasons Toots does not have knowledge local or knowledge nobility. He knows a lot about engineering, but <laughs> nothing else. Toots knowledge nobility. <laughs> so uh, Toots is going to posit this question out loud and see if anyone else knows the answer. Ooh. Nice. Uh, that was me rolling. 
<laughs> not Caitlin, but I rolled a 29. Yeah, Tetra, you are familiar with the regent. Her name is Giha. <gasps> she is a very powerful caster. Giha. Uh, and she is kind of in charge of like a new philosophy of magic. Hmm. She believes that divine magic is actually not from gods, but from the planets and that these powers are drawn from there and so that you don't need to just follow one god you can technically get that same divine power from any of the planets at will uh if you're powerful enough which she is (laughs) well that sounds (laughs) difficult definitely not plan a no i see the wisdom in that being a plan b Okay. All right. So who is there anybody else who is particularly sneaky and magical that wants to go with Maribeth and Julian? Tommy is sneaky. Yeah, he's a ninja, for God's sake. Of course. Yeah, of course. Okay. (laughs) All right. My plan is to go into my snake form because the snakes are just very stealthy. As one yeah. might expect. Also, you can just tuck me in your little pocket, wrap Ooh, me around your little neck, snuggle in with my little snoot. Ogavia is willing to go on Team Sneaky. She doesn't have any special powers necessarily, but she is uh, an employee, so she can travel. Oh, right. She's authorized. Quite openly. Yeah. Yeah. So she's willing okay. to go with you guys and grant you additional cover if necessary. Okay. Oh, that's so smart. Tommy. I like that pantomimes asking if we can just disguise ourselves as servants along with Ogavia. Well, but that's not going to fool some magical gargoyles. I uh, am. Yeah. Mm. But if you want to dress up as a maid or a butler, I support that. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy is going to make a disguise check to dress up as a house butler. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Absolutely darling. I was secretly hoping you'd say that. I'm adding you to my roster to my butler cafe. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. Then we'll split the player characters into two groups. That's nice and even. That's barely splitting the party. Barely splitting (laughs) the party. By our standards. (laughs) There's no way we're going to further subdivide the party. (laughs) (laughs) Paul. Who's taking these communique rings? Communique. <laughs> I think it should be Johnny in our group because um, I'm just not going to have fingers for a long time. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. And I think, wait, Tommy's a mute. <laughs> <laughs> was that the joke you were okay. making? <laughs> no. No. I was genuinely just being like, if I'm a snake, it's not going to help <laughs> have the ring. But no, you make a great point. All right. I guess Julian is getting it. Oh, God, how trustworthy. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Toots should get the ring on our side, uh, because with his crossbow, he'll be kind of further back from any hot situation that might erupt. I also, I just want to hear Toots deliver. That was my real reason. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good. (laughs) I'll take it on. I'm willing to to step up to that challenge. Do we want um, group names, maybe? (laughs) <laughs> like uh, well, like we could be team tiptoes i'm not good at choosing names somebody else you know what when i'm out in the mountains and when i'm prospecting there's no sneakier animal than a mountain cat <laughs> so i think i think y'all should be team puma oh oh yeah team puma okay and what are, what are you guys going to be? What's the, in the mountains? What's the scariest? There ain't no tougher animal than the Great Plains bison. So we're going to be Team Buffalo. <laughs> team Buffalo. 
<laughs> okay, Team Puma and Team Buffalo. I think that's really good. Okay. Excellent. Would you, listener, like to be a member of Team Buffalo or Team Puma? You can, in a kind of metaphorical kind of way, by joining our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bcbparty. In addition to all the regular goodies you get for subscribing this month, we're releasing an extra special, full-length, one-shot bonus episode. It's set in the same universe and might feature some familiar faces, but it's a totally standalone episode. And in a change of pace, I will be GMing while Justin takes a seat as a player. And I say it's a one-shot, and I've planned for it to be a one-shot, but we haven't recorded it yet, so honestly, it could end up being longer. Or maybe it'll just be a really long one-shot. I suspect it'll be one perfect little one-shot morsel, but we'll see. That will be coming exclusively to patrons this month, so sign up now and you'll get it as soon as it drops into the ad-free Patreon stream. That's patreon.com slash bcbparty. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Aridus gets the four of you alone and separate from the others. He says, I, I don't want you guys to think that I don't trust the Immortals Guild because I do, but I was the one that brought you here. And so I wanted to offer you guys extra protection. I have the ability to make a blood pact. 
which will allow me to heal you guys at a range and immediately if something bad were to happen to you. All you have to do is just uh, carve your your initials into one of my arms here. Just something that represents you. If you <laughs> if you don't know any words, he's looking at you, Tommy. You could just do a, like a little picture that that represents you. That's fine. Aww. Again, I love the idea of Tommy carving a little stick figure of himself <laughs> into this guy's arm. Yeah. No, Tommy is gonna draw a ninja emoji face, <laughs> like a headband, yes. into Aridus's arm. Toots, as an engineer, has excellent handwriting, so he's going to neatly carve a nice little like TC into his arm. <laughs> You guys just went right for this. I was going to ask if anybody oh, yeah, has <laughs> like knowledge arcana and can verify this isn't something else. No, Toots is all in. Yeah, that he isn't creating a blood pact so that he can execute us when we're no longer useful. Toots isn't going to turn down a free lunch. Would that would that be knowledge arcana or would that be spellcraft, Justin? Probably knowledge arcana. Total of 20. Yeah, you've witnessed Aridus's bizarre form of spell casting uh, previously when you were out on the water, and you, uh, just in conversation with him, kind of uh, get the impression that this is above board, that he actually has the ability to do this. Okay. And he tells you, you know, uh, it's difficult to heal the damage that I take. You know, I, uh, normal healing magic won't do it. But uh, do you know how expensive material components get over time? <laughs> it adds up so fast. I used to be one of those scroll and wand wizards, but now I'm all blood all the way. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I respect this. Sustainable. I like scroll and wand wizards as like a dismissive term. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking metal red. Tetra, you get the idea that if someone were to die, he would be able to do something like more painful, but more more powerful in response. Uh, there is some distance limits on some of it. So the party that's not with him may be out of range of some of it at certain points. But yeah, most of the time people carve their initials into tree branches. <laughs> I like the switch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about you, Maribeth? Are you the only one in the group who's not going to carve your initials? <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> she also doesn't think twice about it. She's like, oh, it's pretty fucked up, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah she goes for it. That was a Jenna restraint. <laughs> uh, also, I rolled a one on my arms check, so I do have the arms of a peafowl, so I've got just... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The most low-key, sneaky uh. arms of all fucking peacock <laughs> arms. <laughs> yeah, I've got very, very beautiful, very fancy peacock feathered arms. Totally normal. Can she hold anything with those arms? I think there's like a vestigial thumb, okay. <laughs> but like not really well-developed fingers. It's more like comes to a point. That's what I'm picturing for this one. It's the in-between option between bare arms and no arms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, after you guys make your blood pact with Aridus, the group (laughs) heads over to the exterior of the palace. On the way, Thea has the ability to turn into like smoke. So she disguises herself in just the air as you get closer. And Tommy puts on uh, some clothing that was given to him by Ogavia so that he looks like a staff member. 
<laughs> I got a 33, so I rolled a 15. Oh, nice. An excellent disguise. What a convincing butler. <laughs> you see, Julian, he looks like he's miming eating a sandwich. Like, uh, so he's <laughs> like holding nothing in his hands, but like taking a bite and chewing it <laughs> as you guys walk along. Uh, and <laughs> no, no, okay. <laughs> We're not gonna just walk, go past this. No. Yeah, Maribeth, when she realizes this, she will be like, Julian, are, are you okay? He says, Oh, yes, I'm just uh, enjoying a light meal before we start. I'm on a diet, you know. A light meal? I mean, that's really light. I mean, that's a really light meal. It's um, invisible and seems to be made of air. A lot of people have that misconception about invisible stalkers, but they're actually quite dense. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, watch this. And then he, he takes like a final bite and turns invisible. Oh. <laughs> Where'd you go? Oh, he's probably not even there. He probably walked away the moment he turned invisible. That's so cool. So you guys arrive at the palace around 9.15. You see Ogavia kind of peeks her head out of the door for the deliveries just to see if you guys are out there. At around 9.35, she opens the door and kind of rushes you guys inside quickly. You find yourselves in a large kitchen there is not any staff here except for Ogavia. On one corner, you see a stairwell going up, which will lead to where the guards are meeting. And then in front of you, uh, there's a hallway leading into the dining room you can see, which is also similarly abandoned. So you guys continue through uh, the dining room. Then you enter the grand hall. So this is the nexus of the different wings of the palace. Uh, and the ceilings are extremely high. It's about three stories, just this one room. Uh, make a perception check. If anybody has knowledge geography, you can roll that as well. Ooh. I actually have knowledge geography, and it is better than my perception. Oh, oh of course Ooh, you do. Toots. No, that makes sense. I didn't roll super well, however. That's an 11 on my geography check. Uh, I rolled a 23 on my perception. Got a 17. I got a 17 on my perception and an 18 on my geography. Awesome. Inside of this beautiful grand hall, there are these tall marble pillars that go all the way up to the top of the ceiling. When you look up, just taking in the height of this room, you see above the archways are these hanging orbs that are made of like pure gemstones, like each different colors and, and different sizes as well. The placement seems specific. Toots, you are able to identify that this is the solar system, though you don't Whoa. know much about it you do recognize that it's more than just a pretty thing to look at it does have a meaning this place is awesome very scientific i must say <laughs> maribeth you are able to see the guard right out of the front door here who's at post you can tell they look very young um and very bored <laughs> they have Humanoid features, except for they have wings on the back, almost like butterfly wings, but the pattern on it is like the night sky, like stars, constellations. Oh, that sounds pretty. Yeah, that's nice. Too bad we're going to kidnap them and fuck them up. Is that a humanoid race or is that like some kind of magical surgical graft? Mm. Is there some kind of check I can make for that? Knowledge plastic surgery. Make a knowledge planes Oh, I have no knowledge planes. Hold on. I've got a class feature called Life Review. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I can attempt the check untrained, and I can use my charisma modifier in place of my intelligence modifier. Oh, so that's cool. I don't get a very high bonus because I'm cheating, but at least I can try him. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be Paul if he wasn't milking oh. every point. Oh, and a 20. Uh, I rolled very a natural nice. 20 plus four for oh. my charisma. Oh, great. Incredible. I can't play a character <laughs> without knowledge checks. I'm sorry. It saved us many times. <laughs> <laughs> so you were able to tell that this is an outsider and yes. uh, one that is celestial in nature. So it's a yes. good creature. Whoa. That's so cool. You've seen a race like this before and it has ability to like tap into the power of stars and, and create like a, a, a blast of light. Whoa. That's really cool. Yeah, we should subdue him really quickly. Yeah, I want to try charming him. Of course you have a charm spell. Wait, does anybody else have something that they want to try before I just jump in and start doing stuff? All Toots really has up his sleeves is to shoot him with a crossbow. So I feel like that's a rapid escalation. (laughs) That's a good backup plan. I'll give you a thumbs down if it doesn't work. (laughs) Then I'm going to use my rod of persistence so that if this person fails, they have to immediately roll again. Great. And the DC for that is 15. He's got an okay will. Uh, although it's enchantment, so I get a plus one. That's a 16. And I am, as a swift action, going to release a hypnotic aroma <laughs> so that his will save gets a minus three penalty. <laughs> this man is just covered in pollen. <laughs> <laughs> and loving every minute of it. <laughs> oh, I rolled a nine. You have uh, charmed yes, this yes, guard. Yes, yes. excellent. <laughs> Incredible. I also want to apologize that every time Paul says Tetra is doing anything, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> Like anytime that an aroma is being emitted, I don't know. Tetra makes me uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I'm just going to come out there and say it. Wow, Caitlin. <laughs> wow. Hey there. You look like you're waiting for some friendly conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so bored out here. Well, I'm the answer to your prayers. Why don't you tell me what you do around here? I'm. Um, pretty new here so they have me uh on the front door duty it's probably the worst job for any of the guards in the palace guys what's my angle here we're trying to get the password out of him (laughs) yeah my guess is this chump is too low level to have it but uh work that weird gross magic paul (laughs) (laughs) emit those smells (laughs) 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 why don't you tell me about the place gonna cast a spell called reveal secrets it's a first level spell Uh, When you cast a spell, you ask the target whether it has a secret about a specific topic that can be described in 10 words or fewer. (sighs) This can concern a person, place, or thing, uh, or an easily distinguished event. If the target knows a secret about the topic, it states it has a secret. The target doesn't mention anything about it and doesn't remember telling you. (laughs) You're terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) This is a first level spell. Uh, If the target succeeds at its saving throw, it isn't compelled to reveal whether it knows a secret and is aware that you asked. What secret are you after? Do you know a secret about the vault door? Uh, 15. All right. Uh, That is not enough. DC is 16. Love it. Oh, yeah. I know a secret about the vault door. (sighs) All right. I'm going to use another class ability. It is called aromatic manipulation. Oh, Jesus, God. I am going to touch him, and I want to try to stun him. Okay. Okay. So he makes a will save. The DC is 19. Okay. 
Andy gets a minus three. I can't believe how well suited to such a challenge the character <laughs> you made is. It's, it's, it's so terrifying. I'm not going to be able to do anything else. I have rolled an eight and gotten an 11. <sighs> okay, he acquires the stun condition. He can try each round to break free of it, just like a hold person spell. Okay. A number of rounds equal to my level, so 10 rounds. Uh, and so Tetcher touches him releases some kind of hypnotic oil i don't know what kind of scent would knock somebody out <laughs> something real sour i guess an extremely sour smell oh God. warheads and then tetra signals to jump him <laughs> <laughs> okay i will turn into a bear yay <laughs> okay guys but this is gonna make it more tricky to sneak maraveth will kind of like look at this poor stun man and just kind of like gently wrap her bare arms around him <laughs> and drag him backwards into the room. Sweet girl. <laughs> yeah. I think she just, since he's not resisting, I think she just kind of like curls him up in her arms. <laughs> kind of like a big baby. It's so gentle. I love that. Uh, so I think the next step is to actually pump him for information. So Toots yeah. has a pretty significant uh, plus 10 on Intimidate. So he's very yes. willing to just try to intimidate this guy into telling us the code. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And your hypnotic aroma also decreases that. Am I remembering that, Paul? Versus Intimidate checks? Yes. For the next eight rounds, any Intimidate checks against this guy, he gets a minus three. Excellent. So we we bring him over to some place where we won't be overheard too much, I guess. A dim <laughs> corner. Yeah. <laughs> He's got spurs on now, just for dramatic effect. Oh, God. <laughs> He's going to put his hands on his hips and clink, 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 right up to this poor guard. He's going to say... Now, you dead burn bull weevil, don't you be wasting our time here. We are on a schedule. We got a train to catch. We got some gold to mine. And I tell you, if you try to horsewoggle me, I'll turn you inside out. You best tell me right now what the code is to that vault. Or we're going to have a real difficulty betwixt us. Uh, okay, and you need to roll a 15 or higher. Yeah, just don't roll a one. Nice. nice. That's a 22. <laughs> terrifying. Yes. Terrifying. Uh, I'll tell you everything I know, sir. <laughs> There's two parts of the vault. One of them is a, a a magic orb puzzle, and he points to the ceiling of this, and he says, you have to uh, oh. arrange the orbs like the planets are arranged. <sighs> Does this setting have a helpful mnemonic? For you to remember the order of the planets going from the sun. <laughs> he says, but uh, getting the orbs, you'll, you'll have to be uh, really acrobatic because they're they're protected behind some like lasers. They're kind of in a crisscross <laughs> pattern uh, that you'll have to slide through to get to them. Awesome. Sounds like something a snake could go put in her mouth and bring back. He says, and, and the last thing you'll need is, is the password, but I don't know what that is. I don't know the password. Ah, I'm sorry. Damn it. Ah, Kalsar, oh, you useless worm. Do you know who knows the password? Some of the guards might know the passwords, or it's it's written down uh, upstairs, but it'll probably take a long time to find it, because there's tons of records. Otherwise, you could probably get it from the region's quarters. Mm. Does, does anybody have a way to knock this guy out? Oh, yeah. Tommy deals subdual damage. You do a ninja neck chop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> <laughs> Tommy takes the edge of his black steel shield and just 
right in the dude's neck. And he <laughs> Grim. Is there like a wardrobe or somewhere where we can tuck his body? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, good. good. A china cabinet in the dining room. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say, Caitlin. Uh, the synergy that we have. I love it. <laughs> All right. If we're locking him in the dining room, we should rig the door shut so one of the wait staff doesn't open it up and he falls out. <laughs> But it's it sounds like he confirmed that our plan A is going to work. We can get the password from the book or from the guards uh, and then just meet at the vault. <sighs> or from the regent's quarters. Oh, but the regent is the end boss. If you think you can sneak in and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that. Double dog dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, why would you challenge me like that? Can I swap out my waitstaff outfit for a guard disguise? Yeah, for sure. Oh, you're going to strip this dude? Oh, I mean, we're stashing God. him in the china cabinet, we right? Like, it'll be him easier in a cabinet, if, we... Yeah. <laughs> if we strip him first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 25. Awesome. Tommy does a drawing of the current planetary <laughs> alignment or whatever on some paper. Yeah. Nice. Have that tucked away. Now that Team Buffalo subdued this guard, what can we do to be helpful in the meantime while you guys are rummaging through the records room? Because otherwise, we're just hanging out. We could go to the guard meeting and knock another guard out. Yeah, I think we should do the same plan. You guys go to the guard meeting and try to get the passcode. Uh, we're going to go to the records room, try to get the passcode as well. But if neither of those works, we'll talk through the rings. <laughs> and then maybe have to go to the regent's quarters. <laughs> oh, we're splitting the party. <laughs> <laughs> This is just how we operate, guys. We split the party. <laughs> Maribeth and Johnny, why don't you make a perception check? I will have returned to human form at this point, just for ease of movement. I rolled an 18 for a 32. Oh, incredible. Uh, I rolled a 14. I didn't roll very well. Tommy, you are on guard the whole time that you are heading up towards the records room. As you leave the Grand Hall to your left, you see a long hallway, and you do see that it is lined with gargoyles, as Ogavia had told you about. She sees you looking, and she kind of nods, like, yes, that's the one that goes to the vault. You guys uh, head up the stairs. Ogavia kind of reaches out, and she touches your peacock arms, Maribeth, and she goes, these are so beautiful. I've always wanted to get like a nice, you know, headpiece made out of peacock feathers. Oh, well, you probably shouldn't wear feathers. I don't think that's very ethical, but they are beautiful, right? I think peafowls are the most beautiful creatures on the planet. Absolutely. When I'm rich, I'm going to have a whole mansion filled with them. Oh, yeah. Like a peacock reserve. What a beautiful idea. You can take care of old peacocks that need a home and make sure they're still loved and cared for. And then you can pick up as many feathers from the ground as you wanted and make a cool headdress. <laughs> Ethically sourced. <laughs> An old peacock's retreat. An yeah. old peacock retreat. <laughs> you guys uh, eventually find yourself at the records room. Ogavia has a key and she lets you in. Um, however, when you enter, you find that this room is like floor to ceiling books, like on every oh. wall. Ugh. Ugh. Books. 
<laughs> so I'm going to have you roll uh, a 1d6 and we'll multiply the result by five minutes. So uh, if you roll a six, it would normally take you 30 minutes. Um, but with oh. your 32, I'll subtract 15 minutes from whatever you roll. <sighs> Go for it, Jenna. Do it. Just a flat d6? Yeah, 1d6. <laughs> I really like this. It's pure luck if you start closer or farther from it. So tense. Yes, that's decent. You guys split up uh, and start going through all of these books. <laughs> you see a couple books seem to like remove themselves from the wall and open and then shut and go back up. So, you know, Julian is here helping you. Uh, eventually, Tommy, <laughs> you pull out a book that you believe is the records book that has all of the employees names written in it. Oh, nice. Does it look like they're all written in the same ink? It's not like written in blood or something? Not written in blood. Do either of you have spellcraft or knowledge arcana? No. I don't. No. Hmm. Nope, we're not that team. <sighs> yeah. Julian speaks up. He's right behind you, Tommy. <laughs> Suddenly, he's, uh, just his voice <laughs> over your shoulder. He says, it looks like the names have to be written by the person themselves. Oh, Okay. Can we take the book with us? Uh, there's no enchantments or anything like that that would prevent it from leaving. All right. Well, let's all four of us write our names in, and then we can take it with us and have the other four write their names later. Cool. A uh, pen picks itself up off the table uh, and writes <laughs> uh, Julian Karat on there. Julian Karat. <laughs> no. Awful. Oh, I hate it. I hate Justin. it. Justin, yeah. your name crimes. <laughs> <laughs> they continue even in the past. Uh, Ogavia shrugs. <laughs> She's like, I already work here. Great. Uh, well, Maribeth will take the pen, too, and sign her name the second time today. Tommy takes the pen and signs. Yet another ninja emoji stick figure. <laughs> he, he turns away from the camera. He writes oh. something down. He winks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, what Paul said. That's what I do. That's so annoying because Maribeth wouldn't care. She wouldn't double check. She doesn't know. But I want to know. Oh. <laughs> At the guard meeting, you see, uh, by the time you get up there, the, there's only about two minutes left. So they're going to be leaving any moment. And Thea says, everybody step to the side and let me handle this one. Are you guys want to uh, allow her to do whatever she's going to do? Yeah, but Tetra has a backup spell that it wants to try if whatever Thea does doesn't work. Cool. So I'm going to prepare to use Euphoric Cloud if it looks like the guards are about to raise an alarm. <laughs> Fucking smells. Gonna get them high. Get them so high. <laughs> the guards exit the room where they were having their meeting. You hear the talking kind of get louder and louder as they're having a conversation as they exit. The one who's furthest behind, uh, you see Thea reach out uh, and grab, and she stares them dead in the eyes and casts Dominate Person. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. That is no joke. And so this person is under uh, her thrall now, and she brings him back into the room and shuts the door behind her. After a few moments, she exits and says, I've got the coats. Wow. Well, then. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess at this point, maybe I should send a message through our little super secret communicator rings and see how the other team's doing. 
Yeah. yeah, sounds good. I was going to say that Toots thinks this is newfangled and confusing, but he's an inventor. He's an engineer, <laughs> so he's actually quite good at using the rings. So he's going <laughs> to deftly twirl it around on his finger a time or two, and he's going to say, come in. Are you there? Come in, Julianne. Yes, Mr. Cabellini, I'm listening. I got some exciting news for you, partner. We have got the codes. How are things going with y'all? Excellent. We've got the book. Oh my goodness, this is working out too well. I am getting concerned. Okay, (laughs) in that case, I think it's time for us to go down and maybe meet in that fancy foyer again, right? Sounds like a plan. All righty, toots out. (laughs) Caitlin, I'm with you. This is going too well. (laughs) Something terrible is about to happen at any moment, but, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. (laughs) Just keep moving. Just keep moving. You guys are able to regroup in front of the hallway lined with the gargoyles you are able to have the others uh, sign the book uh, theoretically you have the codes and you should be able to pass all of the gargoyles in the hall now theoretically he says what if we wait too long the regent is going to get down communing with the cosmos so i think we should head on now yeah i don't think we can waste any time (sighs) we need to chop to it continue on with the heist loading palace vault You guys make your way through the staff area and into uh, the lower portion of the basement and you find yourselves in a room that's similar to what was described to you by the guard that you had put under your spell. So you see on the floor etched into the stone is a large like circle, that line of a circle, and then there are 10 recesses around it. This recess closest is filled with a black onyx gem already. The nine other recesses are empty. You see two halls to both sides, to your left and to your right, um, that have a red light emanating from it. And you can see that indeed there are like beams of red light kind of crisscrossing the length of these two tunnels. And then in front of you, a humongous vault door with a, a physical lock on it. Hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, what kind of check is it to arrange the orbs in the, the correct pattern as we saw in the foyer? Yeah. So normally I would have made you make a knowledge geography, but since Tommy actually drew it nice. uh, on a piece of paper nice. that he carries with him, yep. uh, I will let you get it for free. I love that. Uh, but you still have to make an acrobatics check to get through these lasers uh, and collect the orbs unless you have some other way to deal with them. Awesome. <sighs> Does it look like if I turned into a snake and slithered on the ground that I would be able to avoid most of the lasers? Oh, yeah. If you're going to be a snake, you will be able to get through the lasers easily. I don't know about your ability Mm. to pick up the orbs, but... (laughs) (laughs) How big are the orbs? (laughs) The orbs are like a baseball size. I'm envisioning she eats them. Like a snake swallowing no. an egg. <laughs> that is exactly what I had she in mind. She swallows yeah. them and then just blasts them back up on the other side. Easy. <laughs> Baseball seems doable. I heard basketball. I was going to be like, that's a little bit more. Oh, you could eat a baseball-sized <laughs> orb. A baseball's not bad. I mean, I couldn't swallow a baseball, but probably 
That Okay, that's an option. Let's talk through our other options, but I don't know. That seems pretty good. We also have our acrobatic ninja friend. Yeah, I was going to go on the other side so we could attack it at twice the speed. Same time. Okay, I like that. Okay. Snake versus ninja. Um, Justin, what kind of check would it be to vomit those back up once I've swallowed them? <laughs> Is it like a constitution check? or Would she feel sickened? I'm not trying to make it more difficult on ourselves. <laughs> but like, would she be nauseous afterwards? Yeah, if somebody squeezed me, is, would that be enough to get them to come back up? Or Maybe Tetra could make a really bad smell that makes her barf. Ooh, it makes me vomit, yeah. Uh, a little syrup of Ipecac or something. Uh, this is very funny, so I will allow it to happen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That's um, great. Gross. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Perfect. Uh, While she is at work doing that, Thea tells you the passwords that she gleaned and walks over to the vault and begins to enter the numbers there. I think that Toots would like to just give the entire vault door slash locking mechanism a thorough once over to see if there is anything that he thinks they're missing anything that maybe Ogavia omitted telling Ooh. us about the vault, Ooh. any sort of hidden alarm, anything like that. Okay, excellent. So, hell yeah, Toots. Toots wrote 28 on his knowledge engineering. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. Toots, you recognize that the defenses of the vault are. Uh, three large stone doors that if the alarm had been triggered or the vault done incorrectly, they would have locked you in this room. And you can see that there's like areas where like a poison smoke could come out, like being injected into the room. So you feel like this would have become like a little death trap. (laughs) Well then, that's terrifying. Excellent. I hope this works in that case. Maribeth coughs out all of the uh, the different colored orbs. They match the same colors that you saw in the Grand Hall. After we wipe her stomach contents off them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see some breakfast. Tommy goes through and matches them. <laughs> Once they're all assembled, they kind of glow lightly, uh, and you see briefly a rune appears over the vault the lock turns, the vault door opens and allows you to enter. Yes! I'm excited even <sighs> though we could still go terribly wrong. But yay! <laughs> Uh-oh. Ooh. Inside of the vaults, you see a huge round room. There is on the ground embossed on the floor like a golden ten-pointed star. Cool. In the center of it is a small mount that has a variety of like staves in it. Um, each of them have like a couple uh, glowing like uh, meteorite rocks like embedded into the staff itself. And hmm. then at each of the points of the star, there is like a stone platform that juts out over this like water. And then there's like waterfalls coming down uh, the edges in between them that fills like a pool that surrounds this platform on each of the outcrops that jut out over the water. You see a variety 
of religious paraphernalia. Hmm. And if you guys have knowledge of religion, you can make a roll for that or perception. Perception it is. Yeah. Yep. I don't know nothing about religion. Actually, I have knowledge of religion, so I'm going to go for that. <laughs> I got a 25. Oh, no. Toots rolled a two, so he got a seven on his <laughs> perception check. Toots is very overwhelmed and doesn't understand any of it. I rolled a natural 20. Ooh, God. nice. For a 34, damn. Tommy really has a burning stare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a 19, but there's certainly no 34. <laughs> Maribeth, you see Ogavia immediately head over to the center, to the staffs, and she's just like eyeing them with wonder. <sighs> Julian's kind of hanging back. He's not particularly interested. You see Thea waves Aretas over to one of the outcrops over to the west side of the room. And she points towards a, a golden crown sitting on the platform there. And Aretas approaches it delicately uh, and picks it up and looks it over in his hands. Tetra, as all of this is happening, you look around the room and you see that it is set up similarly to the diagram that you just placed all of the orbs into. Yeah. And even though you don't know a lot about the planets, you do know that the regent believes that they're associated to individual gods, and you feel like each of these outcrops is related to an individual god as well. And you do realize that the one for Eris is directly south and that the outcrop that Thea has brought Aretas over to is the one for Lunas, the neutral evil god, the trickster god. Oh, okay. <laughs> How interesting. Tetra wants to stop whatever's happening. Now, wait just a minute. This room is another trap. Oh. Oh. Is that all Tetra says? <laughs> <laughs> you have Toots' attention Tetra's gonna uh, go over to Aridus and say this room is another starscape and that right there, that crown that's not Iris that's Lunas dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Aridus says I assure you it's Iris I've seen this in my dreams for, for weeks now <sighs> I can feel okay. it now holding it, that this is the artifact of Eris. I can feel her inspiration Aretus, talking to me. I know you're a wizard, but can you tell me what Lunas is the god of? <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, Thea is going to attempt to cast Dominate Person on Aretas. Oh, man. And you guys can roll an initiative. Yes. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so man. happy it's finally gone wrong. <laughs> thank you for listening to Burnt Cookbook Party and an extra special thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. Did you know you could find us on Twitter at BCB Party? You can also email us at burntcookbookparty at gmail.com and not, as I have been saying, at bcbparty at gmail.com. That email doesn't exist, and I can't make it because Gmail wants me to live in my shame about getting that email incorrectly for 20 episodes uh, forever. If you sent a nice email to that address and want to retry it the right one, we'd still love to read it. The right one, again, is burntcookbookparty at gmail.com. If you have a mean email to send, you can just go ahead and stick with that old address. 
Burn Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Tommy Emberize, Caitlin Stadahar as Toots Capellini, Paul Lukemeyer as Tetra, me, Jenna Stieber, as Maribeth Tinbarrel, and Justin Green as GM and World Builder. Produced by Jenna Stieber. This episode edited by Justin Green. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.